Hey, welcome to our podcast. Today, we are here with Dakota Codwell, Hayes Bells, and myself, Stephanie Weldon. Today, we will be discussing a hot topic on the IRS Dirty Dozen list, syndicated land conservation easements. So in case you don't know what an IRS Dirty Dozen is, it is the worst of the worst tax scams. The IRS compiles a list annually of the scams that peak during filing season. In 2016, reportable transactions, which is a red flag for the IRS. So what exactly is a syndicated land conservation easement? It sounds complicated, but it is relatively easy to understand. I'm going to turn it over to Dakota to explain it to you. So a syndicated land conservation, conservation easement is a transaction in which a promoter forms a partnership or LLC, which is a pass-through entity, and invites a large group of taxpayers, which are also known as the investors, the opportunity to claim a charitable deduction in amounts that greatly exceed the amount initially invested. A syndicate is a group organized for a common person or purpose. Here, the term is used to describe the investors that come together to carry out this business transaction. These promoters actively search for land that would qualify for conservation and form an easement in the it, which is an interest in the land owned by another person, but with the right to control or use the land for a specified purpose. To sum all of that up, essentially they are an investment vehicle that are supposed to encourage land conservation. They are pools of investors that get together to buy interest in partnerships and then buy the land. They donate the undeveloped land easements to land trust and government agencies. So who structures the land's these syndicated land conservation, conservation easements, and how do they take advantage of them? So the people who structure these deals are promoters who work with real estate agents, developers, attorneys, and accountants to put together these transactions. Promoters will typically inflate appraisals of undeveloped land and generate inflate, inflated and unwarranted tax deductions. For example, a parcel may be worth $10 million undeveloped, then in a hypothetical situation, um, if the parcel became fully developed, it would then be worth $60 million. So the difference of that $50 million is the charitable deduction investors could in theory take. As you can see, the potential um, worth of undeveloped land could be significantly, significantly inflated, thus causing a higher deduction. And, then I, and that is how people will take advantage of them. So to add to that point, there are very specific qualifications in order for it to be a qualified conservation contribution. It's a three-part test. The first one is a donation of qualified real property interest. It has to be a, to a qualified organization such as like a land trust. And oftentimes it's the same trust over and over again. And it can only be used for conservation purposes. It can't just be for any reason. So now that we've talked about what exactly a land conservation is, let's talk about who can actually invest in something like this. Like what does somebody need in order to land a deal like this and who most likely is to take advantage of it? There is a $50,000 minimum required for a syndicated land conservation. Um, most likely those that can pay the $50,000 minimum and in individuals in the 37% tax brackets will take advantage of those deals due to huge tax savings. If those individuals do get audited, they usually will be able to cover the interest and penalties um, that is applied to them. So in 2019, why did the IRS actually deem this on the dirty dozen list? 
Well, December 2016, the IRS issued notice 2017-TAC-10. This notice designated certain syndicated conservation easements as listed transactions. Specifically, the notice listed transactions where investors and pass-through entities will receive promotional material offering the possibility of a charitable contribution deduction worth at least two and a half times their investment. In many transactions, the, the deduction taken is significantly higher than 250% of the investment. In the article posted by the IRS, the IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddick said, abusive syndicated conservation easement transactions undermine the public's trust in private land conservation and defraud the government of revenue. Okay, so now let's talk about the penalties. Who will actually be penalized and to what effect? The IRS will assert penalties on all parties involved in the transaction. Participants will incur a 20% accuracy-related penalty and, in some cases, a 75% civil fraud penalty. Appraisers will also receive a penalty for substantial and gross valuation misstatements attributable to those incorrect appraisals. Any promoter, material advisor, or accommodating entity will incur a penalty for promoting abusive tax shelters and a penalty for aiding and abetting the understatement of tax liabilities. And lastly, preparers will receive a penalty for understatement of taxpayers' liability by a tax return preparer. However, penalties and interest may be reduced if the taxpayers come forward. So in an effort to reduce their penalties, taxpayers can actually come forward and say, hey, like, I know that I messed up, um, but I want to go ahead and pay that. And typically in those cases, taxpayers will get um, most of their penalties and interest, well, penalties reduced, interest not so much, but at least they're making good faith effort to come forward. So what type of deduction can these taxpayers take on their tax return? So it's actually a charitable deduction, and the limitation for that is 50% of adjusted gross income. So when the undeveloped land is being appraised for its highest and best use, is that appraised number even obtainable, Stephanie? Well, well, it depends. In some cases, the land could be in the middle of nowhere, and the land would never actually be developed into the strip mall or housing development that they say it could possibly be. Because of the surrounding community, they would never allow the land to support such a development. So if they have this piece of land and they say it could be a strip mall, but it never actually could be, but yet they're praising it as if it could be an actual strip mall or something of that value, it's not even possible. And then that's where they're getting these inflated prices. So it so, definitely sounds like a scam where yeah. if an individual gives $50,000, and they can take five or 10 times the initial investment and not just five or 10 times value in like a 10 year period. We're talking about a period of, you know, six to nine months, which mm -hmm. is crazy. Yeah. These, these easements never actually have the potential to become these grand plans yet. They're getting substantial deductions on their tax return. Mm -hmm. But could it be a legit tax strategy is the question. So there was an example um, that I read where two landowners in Wyoming had a combined acreage of 19,000 acres, and they were able to, because ranching and farming is so expensive now, they were able to combine their land and put it into a conservation easement, and it saved a species of birds called grouse, 
And they were Mm -hmm. able to track the migration patterns of these birds over the 19 acres, which also connected three different counties. So that I feel like is a legitimate tax strategy for the actual landowners. So Stephanie, could you um, tell us a little bit more about the publicity former President Donald Trump has been receiving regarding land conservations? Right. So that's actually a very interesting topic to talk about since we're talking about these. So recently, there has been some publicity on former President Donald Trump and abusing the conservation easement tax loophole. Trump is being investigated for the donation of 150 acres through an easement back in 2015. Now, through the donation, he received a $21 million tax break, which is insane. Officials are looking at the appraisals and if the prices were actually inflated. However, in this instance, they are only looking at Trump and his organization. They're not looking at a syndicate of investors. So his situation would be slightly different from the topic we are discussing. However, the principle is still very similar. So to that point, I wanted to add that the IRS, since November of 2019, they have intended to prioritize enforcement against these syndicated land conservation easement transactions and have been carrying out coordinated enforcement strategies. And they have two new offices actually focused on investigating the conservation easement transactions. One is called the Promoter Investigation Coordinator. And then the second one is the Office of Fraud Enforcement. And it clearly states that they will actively identify, audit, and litigate these syndicated land conservation easements um, because they really want to combat uh, abusive tax shelters. And so I just thought that was so interesting as these started in 2010 when the multiples were 10 to 20 times what the initial investment was. And now promoters are recognizing that they're going to be audited. And so they're bringing those multiples down to two and a half times to five times. Um, I just found that it was really interesting that they're all of yeah. a sudden starting to, you know, investigate the, these things and litigate them when, you know, in 2016, the multiples were significantly higher and the chances of them being able to audit everything is not that much. So why wouldn't you go after the holler, higher dollar amount, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm um, curious to see what the limited time um, settlement program um, offers up to those investors that want to come forward. I've read that the program will allow certain partnerships to come forward if all of their investors and members would like to participate. And they Mm -hmm. have to have everyone participate because, I mean, you're opening up a can of worms, you know, when you're talking about going to the IRS and saying, hey, you know, we're ready to pay our tax bill. So I'm curious to see who comes forward and what's actually in the news. Yes. And how many tax dollars they've all avoided in total. I mean, it'd be just very interesting to find out. I've heard that it's in the billions of dollars. And that's why the IRS is saying, hey, like these are not, you know, economic or business purpose transaction. They are literally just to be a tax shelter for high net worth individuals. Yeah, it sounds like it. So one of the examples that I wanted to share, because I thought it just kind of put it in like dollar figures for people that, um, so people could easily understand. So let's just say a taxpayer that's in the highest tax bracket of 37%. When you add the state taxes to that, you're talking about around 45%. If they put an initial investment in of $50,000, they get a $250,000 charitable deduction, which saves them roughly $112,500 for that one individual. On 
something that's essentially a tax scam. So I just found that that was so interesting. You know, when you break it down and look at, okay, this person could make $300,000, but they're saving 112,000. You know, that is something that people are going to flock to like crazy. And you're talking about somebody on the lower end of earnings. If you multiply that or put that into somebody that makes, you know, eight to $10 million a year, you know, that like the top 1%, like you were talking about with Donald Trump. I mean, that's a significant amount of money that the IRS is not getting from those high net worth individuals. That's really interesting. When you put it into the numbers like that, it makes it a lot easier to understand and really see the difference that is happening. And then how is that, how is that fair to someone that actually owns the land? You know, if they try to limit this type of transaction, you know, or the land conservations in general, how is that fair to someone that has inherited the land? And it truly has an appraised value of 10 times what the inheritance is. Yeah, That's the crazy thing. It it just kind of shows you that these um, people that are in the highest tax bracket, they're able to, you know, take advantage and exploit um, this type charitable deduction when, you know, people who are in lower income areas and um, who obviously don't make as much, they, you know, they can't afford to spend who knows how much, like millions of dollars on investing in these conservation easements to be able to get that charitable deduction. And so it almost kind of seems unfair that these people who are making so much can get such large, you know, charitable deductions. And then the people who obviously don't make as much, you know, don't have that opportunity and, you know, can't do that just because of their, you know, limited um, situation that they're in. Absolutely. So actually, that is all the time we have today. Um, We hope you've enjoyed listening to our podcast and learned something new from it. Remember, when it comes to taxes, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Have a wonderful day.